It's 107. So that's me, huh? That is, hey, it's not not me. So it is you? It's not 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 me. There you go. Good job. (laughs) Sup, guys. Welcome to episode 107. Seven. Of I'm Sorry What the Podcast. I'm Amanda. And that is... Christina I point at her every time like you guys can see I'm glad this is not a visual podcast because I am looking fresh I am as well I can't stop looking at my bright red lobster tits (laughs) that's you're a little conceited but all right (laughs) I can't stop looking at my tits I can't can't stop looking at my bright red lobster tits because I got sunburned yeah well where was your sunscreen christina everybody was asking (laughs) i got asked at least by seven different people within a 10 minute time span if i had sunscreen on did you put on sunscreen no why are you all so concerned why are you you always burn why are you all so concerned about my skincare (laughs) nobody asked me if that makes you feel any better nobody asked amanda (laughs) if she had her sunscreen on that's it's fine it's fine i don't i don't care if nobody cares about me let's be honest here uh they were right because now you have bright red lobster tits so yeah stop snacking (laughs) i like picked up candy and i was like "Uh." i I shouldn't i guess since we are recording now i shouldn't put food in my mouth while I talk into a microphone so we went to our cabin yesterday and got Mm -hmm. sunshine and went into the cold lake water or I did and helped put in a dock Amanda cleaned a boat because she didn't want to get in the water well I got to clean up a mouse poop and shit so that was fun yeah by the end of it I was like I should have just gotten in the fucking water I should have just gotten in the water this is fucking gross (laughs) I mean the cleaning was very satisfying but (laughs) the boat looked brand spanking new oh we oh Renee and I scrubbed, and then Abby came in with the little brush and scrubbed over top of what we scrubbed. <laughs> but it's clean. <laughs> but it's clean. It's good. And it looks that's great. The important thing. Mm-hmm. No, it was good. And so got in cold lake, hung out in the hot tub a bit, ate a lot of good food. Oh, that macaroni. Drank a lot of beer. Fuck that macaroni lately. <laughs> you fucked a pizza? You fucked a pizza? oh god just weird sorry you guys don't know what we're talking about inside (laughs) joke and you can't be a part of it mostly because it wouldn't be funny if we tried to explain it now because you weren't there you weren't fucking there but now i'm gonna describe food when it's good to say i'm gonna fuck it later (laughs) oh fuck that i'm gonna fuck that macaroni (laughs) totally gonna fuck that burger later (laughs) (laughs) that burger was so good i could totally fuck that burger (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm anyway uh so we kind of just hung out now we're exhausted and hungover and we're recording and it's gonna be wednesday so happy wednesday happy i hope you all had a safe and happy memorial day weekend Mm -hmm. hope you didn't add to the population or decrease from the population correct and i also we gotta thank people that uh gave their lives for the country because that's the whole fucking point it's true yeah but anywho it's it's past it at this point yeah so so good for fucking you no i'm just kidding jesus (laughs) aggressive 
but yeah, really anyway, what, what have we like not done this for a while? Because I feel very out of practice. Listen, it's fine. They like they've been listening to us for 107 episodes. If they're not used to it by now, I don't, I don't know, know what to tell you. Hey, stop it. <laughs> I'm gonna just drink my lemonade quick. I don't have lemonade, but I'm gonna take a take a swig of your fancy water. All right. Okay, Kevin. All right. Otherwise, how was your week? Good. Is Roger? Wait, that's you made me jump. <laughs> I just said, was your week good, Roger? That's not what you asked me. You See, asked I heard, me. I heard is Roger. I'm like who? who? It's because I said it was, I meant to say it was Roger, but that's not a, that's not, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it was Roger. It was Roger, you know? Sweet. Great. Guess it was better than being a Brian? I don't fucking. <laughs> I don't know, man. All right, let's know. just start our stories because I feel like it's slowly descending yeah, into madness. I would, yes. So do you have a story for me? I, I mean, I do. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad that we met here at this time with stories prepared and ready to go. Um... I'm going to tell you about the vampire of Nuremberg. Nuremberg. And it. I thought I had done this already, but I hadn't because I read it and I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Did you do the vampire of Dusseldorf? Yes. That's another one. That's what it was. I did Dusseldorf. Yeah. We're going to go head over to Nuremberg. Ew. <laughs> How you say Nuremberg. that? Nuremberg. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm not okay, going to just... stop it. Okay, so 1971, West German police were disturbed by reports that somebody was robbing graves at several cemeteries in and around Nuremberg (laughs) in Bavaria, Germany. Everybody (laughs) is like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Uh, A series of already dead corpses began showing up, exhumed from their graves in the night and exhibiting signs that someone had bitten and gnawed on them. Oh God! Okay, not just like bit them. They he fucking on it. Um, I don't know what that was. <laughs> and in the case of female corpses, there were signs of sexual assault. I don't know how else to explain it. Of a corpse, uh, some had been mutilated or cut up with a knife, and a few had been beheaded or even missing their heart. Oh necrophilia and shit huh yeah sweet uh at first they were thought to be like separate incidents because it was just like randomly happening like around germany do they i'm no not hold on what what makes someone go like oh there's probably just a few people randomly taking dead bodies out of their graves well because they weren't all the same like if it was just a man maybe they it had just been mutilated if Mm -hmm. it had been a woman maybe it was raped so it was like not the same thing every single time right but how many people are digging up dead bodies and doing shit to them you know what i'm saying listen there were three people skinning someone at the people at the same time in poland for that one case so people do crazy shit but it's weird i'm I'm not saying it's not (laughs) um they so they were at first thought to be separate incidents um but then they started like doing the math and there were 35 corpses so far between 1971 and 1972 okay that have been dug up and fucking 
diddled with, uh, leading police to suspect that they were all connected. Well, fucking, I God, I hope so. Whoa, that came out really Minnesota. That was really Minnesota. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and that they were, there was a seriously disturbed individual out there chewing on, gnawing on, mutilating, and having sex with freshly dug up corpses. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gr- I'm grossed out. You're welcome. Then on May 6th, 1972, uh, Marcus Adler, 24, and his fiancée, Ruth Lissy, 18, were found shot to death in their car. Their corpses were treated in a similar manner to those in the cemeteries. Okay, so now we're ramping up to actually making mm-hmm. corpses for them to fuck around with. Oh, with the gross. woman showing signs of also not only having been raped, but someone drinking her blood. Getting really Richie Ramirez vibes up in here. I don't Richie! Uh, police thought this was tied to the grave robberies when a couple weeks later, another woman was found shot and defiled the same way, also having blood drunk from her. Uh, I'm so grossed out right now. <laughs> police had no leads and the newspapers had dubbed the man the Vampire of Nuremberg. Then on one evening in late May of 1972, a morgue attendant by the name of George Warmuth was doing his rounds uh, and walking through the cemetery when he noticed somebody or something hunched over what appeared to be a body in the act of what seemed to be kissing the corpse that had just been freshly dug up. Fucking ew. I, I'm, ew. I'm just thinking of like maggot and larva. <laughs> Dude, okay, were these people embalmed? Because I feel like you're, no, Mm -mm. none of the above, okay. Mm -mm. I was like, even if it wasn't decaying because of the embalming process, then you're just eating the fucking chemicals that they embalmed them with when you're. Well, I guess maybe they had been, I don't really know. Gnawing on their freaking. So the intruder was like surprised as well from the attendant and drew a pistol and shot at the man before running off into darkness, into the darkness of the cemetery. Pew! Yeah. The more, thank you for the sound effects. You're welcome. The morgue attendant was luckily unharmed and he was able to describe the suspect and it would lead to the police tracking down the perpetrator. So police detained a 41-year-old man by the name of Kuno Hoffman. Never heard of it. Who was a deaf, mute German laborer who had a long history of mental problems. He had been in and out of institutions all of his life and had escaped them a total of 12 times, followed by a stint in prison for theft. Oh, boy. Hoffman had had a difficult childhood. He was abused repeatedly by an alcoholic father, and the abuse is what had led to his mutinous and permanently scarring him for life, and which caused him to be deaf as well. Uh, authorities were shocked when Hoffman wasted no time in readily confessing to not only the grave robberies, but also the three murders, explaining how, when it proved difficult to procure bodies through morgues, he had chosen fresh graves through death notices in the newspaper and how he had pr- procured a set of keys to one of the cemeteries, and how when corpses hadn't been enough, he had been forced to turn to living victim. You're telling me that before he started digging up the graves... He was trying to he, get bodies out of the morgue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wanted them as fresh as possible. I All right. So according to Hoffman, while in prison, he had taken a strong interest in the occult, reading as much as he could on rituals like black magic, Satanism, vampirism, vampir- vampirism? Nope vampirism vampirism <laughs> that's what i was like i said it and i'm like that i know that's not right <laughs> and then i couldn't get i couldn't get my brain to say the right word <laughs> like vamp vampire um he's a vampire he's a vampire uh and what he called the occult sciences 
all in order to figure out a way to make himself stronger and more handsome. Oh. <laughs> he continued these studies even after being released, and he had a lot of time to do it since he found it almost impossible to hold down any sort of regular job, uh, which had furthered his sense of loneliness and alienation. In order to achieve his goals of becoming good-looking, popular, and normal, he had come under the impression that he needed to drink blood and perform dark rituals over the bodies, so he had taken to doing so at graveyards. Now I'm getting a little bit of a, an Elizabeth Bathory mm-hmm. uh, vibe. So on at least 35 occasions that they know of, Hoffman snuck into graveyards or mortuaries and even managed to get copies of the keys to a local cemetery. He wanted the recently dead, so chose his victims from recent death notices in newspapers. He would try to get them in the morgue, but if he could not, he would wait until they were buried, then dig up their graves. Once he secured a corpse, he would perform rituals that involved stabbing and slashing it, cutting off the head on one occasion, and drinking the blood. Other times he would chew on the corpse, and if it was a female he found attractive, he would have sex with it when that failed to make him handsome and popular hoffman decided it must be because the corpses were not fresh enough so he decided to get the freshest possible corpses by killing people what okay so this kind of makes me think of richard chase too mm-hmm. with that like weird power of blood thing where it's like i don't have enough blood yes um <laughs> yes i wow okay so at the resulting trial the defense certainly pushed for the insanity aspect but this ended up not working out as Hoffman was found to be sound of sound mind and perfectly able to distinguish right from wrong he was subsequently sentenced to life in prison and for his part he would admit that it he, if he had not been caught he would have continued on the killing spree uh and then according to some accounts his last request before being locked away forever was one last sip of blood from a virgin no guy we're not no we're not going to do that uh do you want like some cranberry juice or something? Yeah. <laughs> That's <can> bend. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? And that is the quick story. Sorry, it was very quick, but all right. the vampire of Nuremberg. Nuremberg. No, that's it was interesting. It's very interesting and very fucking weird. There just wasn't a lot because it was kind of open and shut that he was found rather quickly. So right. he was found, he was very active in the time. Mm-hmm that he was active but like that's well it was it's kind of weird too because if you think about it instead of killing 35 people he just buried he dug up the bodies Mm -hmm. so he was definitely like a um what's it called necrophile no the type of killer that he was he was a um product killer yeah like he wasn't killing for killing he was killing because it was what he needed to do to get the fresh corpse right and like the, the it was his. It was, it was almost like his ber- berserker mode was his escalation to killing. To actually killing somebody. Otherwise, he was just you know digging up bodies and eat and eating them and drinking their blood for like a year and a half. <sighs> I I don't I don't like it. <laughs> nope. so. interesting. Good job. Oh, well, thank you. Story. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm gonna welcome, bra. Piece candy. Good, good for you. You do that. <laughs> and then are you going to tell me your story? Yep. Pulling it up right now, you candy muncher. Um, <laughs> so mine's a little like quick too, because it again, it's not like open and shut, but there's just not really, there's not really an ending to it. It's mostly just theories. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that it's like, here's what we know. Here's what people think. That's it. Because there's no way of knowing really. The end. Uh, yeah. 
So I am going to tell you about the mummy found in Dorian Corey's closet. A mummy? Mm-hmm. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, had a, I had a TikTok flashback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Dorian Corey was born in Buffalo, New York in 1937. I didn't find like a specific date. Okay. Uh, to Franklin and Mary Clark, uh, and uh, Dorian was raised on a farm there, okay? okay? So in the 50s, again, this is one of those, like, there's not a lot of, like, background background. That's mm-hmm. about as much as I know. Um, in the 50s, Corey moved to New York City and started studying art at Parsons School of Design and worked as a window dresser. Okay. All right. All right. So in the 60s, Corey turned, or turned, Nice reading, Amanda. That's not what it says. So in the 1960s, Corey toured as a snake dancer in a cabaret drag act. So, ooh, Corey, snake dancer. Yeah. Uh, Dorian Corey was a uh, cross-dresser. Okay. And so they did a lot of drag acts. Very well-known um, drag queen, okay? So uh, this act was called the Pearl Box review very fancy and was one and she was one of the four performers in the like lp it said so like a long film of call me mister in 1972 okay 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 that's basically the background so Corey ran a clothing design label called Corey design she was known for going above and beyond. Um, once she was wearing a, so she designed a bunch of costumes for drag acts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, once she wore a like golden feather cape that was like thirty or forty feet long, and they he had, she had like a attendants hold up the sides, and it turned into this big tent that went over like half of the audience of the drag show. Oh, weird! And like yeah, like really over the top kind of crazy stuff. Um, if you look her up, like you can see all of the mm-hmm. madness. Like I'm just so impressed. Your brain has to be like super creative. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so on August 29th of 1993, Corey passed away from AIDS-related complications um, in Manhattan at the age of 56. Okay. After her death, her caretaker Louis Taylor, who was also a well-known drag queen in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, was looking through Corey's closet with a couple of her friends to look for costumes because Corey had basically been like, once I pass away, you guys come take what you want and then donate the rest. Like we, mm-hmm. you don't need it. Just get rid of it. Um, okay. So when they were looking through this closet, they found a green plaid garment bag. Okay. Not okay. weird, but they were curious what was in it. They couldn't find like a zipper or any sort of a latch to open it up. Um, And it was really heavy. So they couldn't like pick it up and bring it anywhere. So they found a scissors and cut it open. And as soon as they cut it open, it was like hit by the worst. Oh no. (sighs) Yep. So they instantly froze and called the cops. Like they didn't do anything else. Hey. (laughs) Hey. Mm Mm-hmm. So later, when asked if she stayed to see what was in the bag, mm-hmm. uh, Taylor had said, you look at something like that, honey, and that's not something that 
you'll be able to get over for the rest of your life. <laughs> so no, that Mm-mm. was a heavy no. I didn't stay to see Mm-mm. what was in there. No, thank you. <laughs> so in the garment bag was a corpse curled into the fetal position with a bullet hole in its skull wrapped in naga hide, which is kind of like the pleather mm-hmm. um, and plastic bags. So the skin had turned from brown to purple and yellow because of just the process of decay that it did with the lack of air and whatnot. Weird. Um, And there were a few like old pop pull tabs that fell out of the bags as they were like pulling the bags off to see what was in it. Okay. Um, So detective Raul Figaro, uh, Figueroa, excuse me, described the body as partially mummified and partially decomposing. Okay. Uh, so if it was because of being wrapped in the naga hide or something like yep they the body had been basically almost airtight with the between the plastic bags and the naga hide mm-hmm. and then putting it into that garment bag that was a weatherproof garment bag so that was also plastic interior sealed yeah uh-huh. um so <laughs> okay so <laughs> it between all of that it had basically decayed in some spots and mummified in other spots like you said yeah figueroa also said that it had basically been floating in its own soup gross yeah for some time now uh because of the way that it decomposed and how airtight it was it kind of just stayed in it that's disgusting yeah so the skin was super delicate and seemed to be like falling apart and like sloughing off at the touch Mm -hmm. so they had to do very like they didn't say what their technique was but basically they had to inflate the finger tips to do fingerprints in order to id who this person was <laughs> i know they just blew it up like a balloon with their mouth um, but because of how sensitive the skin was it had to be some process that they didn't disclose yeah um so the skin was i already said that <laughs> figueroa also said when asked why he thought that Corey didn't dispose of the body, his exact words are, people just wrap a body up in whatever is available. It's just spontaneous. You wrap it up, then you put it in a suitcase, then you put it in the closet, then you just look at it periodically and wish it would go away. Oh, God. I'm like, I, I probably I'm sorry, listen to sir. this guy. I'm going to have to look into his closet. Can I check your closet? <laughs> It's just one of those, he seems very, like, matter-of-fact, like, Mm -hmm. it's just what it is. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. I can't, like, pretty it up or anything. pretty nonchalant about the fact. (laughs) You know, he's a New York City investigator. I'm sure he's seen his share of fucked-up things. Like, you know, it's just what people do. Excuse me, sir. Can I check your closet? (laughs) (laughs) So, the fingerprints ID'd the corpse as Bobby Worley, also known as Bobby Wells, uh Worley had been arrested and jailed in 1963 for rape and assault so good guy okay um and actually hadn't even been seen since the late 1960s and this was in the 70s or in 80s no 93 right okay so it's like over 30 years yeah 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 um I was like wait no (laughs) Also, the pull tabs that had fallen out dated to between like the 60s and 70s, so late 60s, early 70s, and the design mm-hmm. of the pop 
cans at that time. So investigators believe that it had been in the closet for over 20 years. So just... And how long had he been living in that apartment? Uh, it didn't say exactly, okay. um, but crazy thing. So Corey was in a like documentary about the alternative lifestyle in New York City. It was like um, the fall of Paris mm-hmm. or something like that. And they interviewed Corey in her like getting wardrobe room, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that in that closet that was in the shot, there was right. a body already. Yeah. If it had been there since the body was dead, which is right. another thing where they're like, we don't really know how, where, why. They right. There. Okay. So now that that's all like laid out, we know who it is. We know whatever, but here's the theories because there's no real answer. Mm-hmm. Um, Worley and Corey were, the first one is they were in a relationship. Okay. okay. And obviously it didn't end well. Um <laughs> I mean, uh, you could say that. Yeah, I mean, mean. So Worley once said to his brother that he had been in a relationship with someone in the trans community um, that challenged his ideas of masculinity, and he had said that they were fighting a lot. Um, He had also said that Worley and Dorian. So Worley had said to his brother that Dorian was the name of the person that he was in a relationship with. Okay. So the well, as his brother said, his friend yeah. in the trans community. Um, and that they had been fighting a lot, like I said. So the brothers quote, I'm pretty sure he acted out his violence with her, but I have no firsthand knowledge. So okay. he's like, I wouldn't be surprised if they yeah. if he was abusive. Uh, okay. also at some point, Corey had written a story about a trans woman whose lover makes makes her get a physical sex change she doesn't necessarily want to and then she kills the lover in the mm-hmm. story so uh kind of exactly what would have happened if that is the case um so that is basically all the evidence for that one theory this is what i mean it's like that's what we have the brother says he mentioned it once and i think that this is the name and yeah. that was about it okay um theory number 2 is Worley had maybe broken into Corey's apartment and she shot him in self-defense um, and uh, like panicked and just kind of got rid of the body, like put it away. Okay. Um, there is a rumor. It's not for sure true. I don't know. I read it in a couple things, but I haven't seen any like real evidence for it. Um, that there was a note that had been pinned to Worley's body that said, this poor man broke into my home and was trying to rob me. So I don't know if maybe that happened and she put the note on him so that when they found the body, they'd be like, okay, here's Mm -hmm. at least something. Um, People were like, well, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't she just call and say she got broken into, well, so (laughs) that was, it was always the question, like, why wouldn't she tell the police? Well, in the trans so, community in that time, you know. Yeah, and yeah. not only trans community, she was a black trans woman. Yeah. So it was just a lot of facets of, I don't know how they're going to take this if I come forward and say I shot this man because he broke into my house. Right. Um, and the neighborhood was dangerous at the time, so it wouldn't be surprising. Like, it was known to be a mm-hmm. sketchy neighborhood. Uh, but yeah, it's just... 
and that's like that's fucking it i just talked in like two breaths and that's the whole fucking story but i thought it was weird because i stumbled upon it and i was like i have never heard of this and then i looked into all these other little facets of it and i'm like i didn't even think about the fact that maybe it was just somebody that broke in because i would be like oh well then you just call the cops okay well i'm totally coming from my own right now perspective of who i am not putting myself in the mindset of somebody then well and and my thought my only other theory was i was like well how long has she been in that apartment because what if you know she had a lot of costumes and stuff she had someone helping her move and they just assumed that that garment bag was hers like already in the closet and they just put a whole bunch of stuff in there and it was in the back of the closet and could be you know and that's where it was like where did the body come from is it something that she was even aware of or was it that she was getting blackmailed to hide it for somebody or yeah you know who really knows but took it to her grave so yeah like didn't tell anybody anything that's Mm -hmm. wild to me too none of the people that were close to her had anything to say about it if you get the chance you go ahead two can keep a secret if one of them's dead it's fair just saying (laughs) that's fair no if you get a chance you should uh look up some of the like interviews with her Mm -hmm. it's really interesting very like i don't want to say like renty but like it definitely gives that like feeling of not hopelessness but kind of the dark place that Mm -hmm. she was in and it was not long before uh her death that she did the interview for the uh paris's burning or Mm -hmm. i can't remember exactly i don't know why i didn't write it in there yeah but it's very interesting and i had no freaking clue that this was even a thing so i found it i was like i need to look (laughs) yeah but yeah that's it that was the job that was interesting interesting i don't that's weird okay that was weird my voice (laughs) you know like i was still drunk i'm not drunk anymore it was interesting it was very interesting (laughs) (laughs) good job thanks um you might guys might notice our stories are a little shorter in the next in the coming weeks just with me moving here in like 12 days and packing and all that crap we're trying to keep the podcast going but we're doing probably shorter stories Mm -hmm. one so we can record more and uh two so that we just have a little bit more time less time taking in research so Mm -hmm. we'll probably get back to uh, a little bit more in-depth stories once the world calms down a bit for us yeah i definitely have been trying to (laughs) find ones that are interesting that aren't going to take me nine years to research right because it's i just don't got it right now i just don't got it i don't have it in me but we don't want to stop recording yes so bear with us it will get back to it Mm -hmm. all right thanks for listening yeah thanks guys i feel like this went so fast i feel like it did too let me see if i have any creepers do i you got any dating creepers i got a guy who said i love a good smart ass it makes me want to hit it interesting and i was like i didn't say anything back but i was like does he mean hit it like hit my ass or like like, hit it like across the face or like i'm gonna hit it from behind or like (laughs) oh 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 (laughs) you're like hit it from behind i'm like abuse (laughs) 
<laughs> abuse. Oh God, my brain's first. Oh, like slap you. Oh, I got. You're more like a peach. That I don't know what that means. Is it like the peach emoji butt? No, it's just the word peach. What does that mean? I don't know. Look it up. Maybe it's slang. Maybe it's something we don't understand. <laughs> Holy shit. Did you get a whole novel? May 20th from 1253 to 2 a.m. Just some dude kept saying hi. What the <laughs> fuck? You you would have you gonna die. <laughs> God, here's another one. Hi, how are you? And then a paragraph. Dude. Yep. Just it. one message is enough, sir. Uh, I, have no I just got a guy saying, I love your hips. I want them on my lips. You want to smooch my hip? That's weird. Oh, boy. Well, That's, I, I, it's just a lot of uncomfortable things. They're not funny. They make me uncomfortable. So we're they, just going to They just, they're cringy as the, as Gen Z says. They're like soups cringe. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. I don't fucking know. It's bussin too, you know, like this podcast not, bussin. Is bu- <laughs> no, I'm, try, I'm trying. To not no, sound. we can't say it. Bussing. That was soups cringe, but our podcast is like soups bussing. <laughs> i don't want to ever hear that again oh, so, what is that other one chuggy the one that's like to, yeah to I'm sorry make fun what of a chuggy the one it's i hope it's not like a racial slur that you're just throwing not. out on this podcast <laughs> it's not it's a it's a gen z thing to like say that something is so like millennial oh yeah yeah Awesome. Who who the hell are you? What kind of a word is that? Hold on, now I'm gonna look it up so that I can give you the exact <laughs> exact definition. Uh, urban definition: the opposite of trendy and uh, <laughs> stylish in middle school or high school, but no longer stylish. <laughs> no, no, we're done now. No, you were gonna say bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Love hey, you guys. Oh. Wait, we almost forgot. Oh, spread the word. Spread yourselves, bitch. Yeah, this is like for every episode in the last like month that we haven't said that because we've been just going. Going, so, going, gone. So spread it. Spread, spread it, people. It, spread it wide and spread it long. I I don't I don't know what to say to that. Bye. Bye. <laughs>